us remain standing as we affirm our faith together with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence you shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. be seated. And as you're being seated, if you haven't had an opportunity to sign in your registration on the pew pads at the end of your pew, please do so. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you are the giver of every good and perfect gift, and we praise you for all the many gifts that you've given us this day, especially the gift of your love. And we pray that the gifts that we return be used for the building of your kingdom. We ask that you multiply them and guide us in their use for your glory and for the coming of that kingdom. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.
may be seated. Let us pray. In your great mercy, Heavenly Father, you are more willing to hear than we are to lay our needs before you. And we're thankful for your open heart and your listening ear and your presence with us, even in times of trial. And we're thankful for your love. And we just pray that your love be with those prayer requests that we lift today, those that are printed in our worship bulletin, those that are on our heart that we carry with us, and those needs in our community and our world. God, we also pray for ourselves, realizing that we stand in need of your forgiveness every day. And we ask, dear God, that you forgive us our trespasses and that you help us to be stronger disciples for you. Lead us to be your witnesses in this world. This we pray in the name of the one who taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. And now the children are dismissed to go with Miss Catherine to Children's Church.
So we are in uh, the third week of a sermon series called Extraordinary. We've looked at Jesus's extraordinary presence with us in times like these, in times of transition. Jesus's extraordinary call upon our lives. And this week, we take some time to listen and to feel Jesus's extraordinary love for all of us. At a recent staff onboarding, I was asked, what is your favorite scripture? And I honestly had to say, it's hard for me just to land on one particular scripture. I'm not sure that I have a favorite. And I know that sounds odd, but the more I study scripture and the more I spend time in scripture, the more I just can't narrow it down to one. Are there different circumstances and challenges in my life that, that call me to a particular passage and call me to another passage at another time in my life? So it's, it's hard just to pick one passage. But for much of my life, if you were to have asked me that question, it would have been the scripture that I share with you today, and that's 1 John 4, 7 through 21. These verses say a lot about love, but that's not why I would said at one time this was my favorite passage. Actually, it's, it's my favorite passage because I believe it's the gospel message in a succinct way. This passage talks about the Trinity. It talks about prevenient grace and saving grace and growth in grace. It talks about why we should not fear and the boldness that we should have in Jesus Christ. It talks about loving our neighbor and caring for others. And that's why I appreciate these words from John so much. Today, as you listen to this scripture, I want you to not so much think about that theological message, but where you fit in in this passage. How does this particular passage speak to you today? So I invite you to take your Bibles and turn to 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 21. 1 John 4, 7 through 21. Hear the good news. Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us to send his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father has sent his Son as Savior of the world. God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the Son of God, and they abide in God. So we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in the world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. We love because he first loved us. Those who say, I love God, and hate their brothers and sisters are liars. For those who do not love a brother or sister whom they have seen, cannot love God whom they have not seen. The commandment we have from him is this, those who love God must also love their brothers and sisters. The word of God for the people of God, thanks be to God. Let us pray. God, we're so thankful for your love that challenges us and calls us, that love that came even before we knew you. And as we lean into your love today, dear God, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable unto you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. 
So where do we find ourselves in this passage? Where do we fit in? Where is our value? Over the course of my life, I would have answered that question, my value, in many different ways. I was a good student, so I thought my value came from good grades and good test scores. And then as I got older and became a teenager, I thought my value rested in popularity and in my boyfriend. And then as I got older, I thought my value came from being a perfect daughter or a perfect mother or a perfect pastor. And as a Christian, there are times along the way that I thought my value came from being a good person, from doing works, from doing those things that Jesus invited me to do. I thought my value in Christ came from how well I followed the rules. How about you? How do you define your value? You know, society might say our value is defined by our influence. How many followers do you have on social media? Society might say your value is defined by your bank account. How much money do you have in the bank? Or what you have, do you have the biggest, the best, the newest, the greatest? Or maybe your influence in other ways. Are you a boss at work? Are you the best at school? Have you achieved accolades in the eyes of others? Are you a member of an exclusive club? Or maybe in the church, do you belong to the right church? Are you a member of the right Sunday school class? Are you here every time the doors are open? Are a leader, do you give the most? Or uh, sing the best in the choir? Where is your value? Well, in God's eyes, that's not the value. That's not how we are loved or how God values us. As Romans 8, as Paul puts it, is so true, there is nothing nothing that can separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. Jesus loves you. God loves you enough to send his son to deal with your sins, to deal with all the ways you messed up. You didn't earn that love. You don't deserve that love. That love was there before you had memories. Jesus loves you. And it is a beautiful love for all of us. As the passage said, this is love. It's not that we love God, but he loved us to send his son to deal with our sins. 1 John 4 uh, was written as part of John's letter. Uh, to early Christians, and these Christians were trying to figure out how to live with each other and live in a world where they were facing persecution at every turn. How do you deal with living in a world where people really wanted to, to kill you? And they were trying to figure out how do we get through this? How do we live in community? So John was writing them to help them in this effort. Now the passage that I share with you can, can kind of be hard to absorb because of all the love, the love language. And it's easy to look at this passage and think of it as emotional dribble, but really it's something deeper. It is love in action. It's active love. It is love the nitty gritty. It's not love that we earn, but love given by God even before we were aware of God, even before we were born. In Romans 5, 6 through 8, Paul puts it like this. While we were still weak, at the right moment, Christ died for ungodly people. It isn't often that someone will die for a righteous person, though maybe someone might dare to die for a good person. But God shows his love for us because while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. This is not the love of the world. Because often the way the world likes our values is the ways that I share. It's ways that we judge. But God's love is different. God's love is giving. God loves us before we loved him. 
And it's an important message that, that we all need to hear from time to time because let's face it, we're not perfect, or at least I know I'm not perfect. We fail, we mess up, we sin, we're broken, we get it wrong almost every day. And in those times when we're discouraged, we're devalued, and we don't know where to go, we can rest in God's love. And that's an important message for all of us. An important message that we need to remember, especially in difficult times. Now, I know many of you have worked a job or are working a job where you face animosity just because of your job. You may deal with the public or deal in such a profession that people get angry at you from time to time just because of what you represent or, or who you are or the company you work for. We've, we've all been there, especially these days. There's a lot of, of um, upset, anxious people out there and they tend to take it out on those around them even if they're just having a bad day. We've all been the object of such unkindness. And when I have been that in my life, I often stop and think, hey, this person doesn't even know me. This person doesn't know anything about me. They don't know my personality. They don't know my heart. They don't even know what I believe. And here they are getting angry at me, and I've done nothing. Well, in those times, that helps me not take it so personally. But... What gives me comfort in those times is also knowing while those who don't know me may not like me, the God who knows me better than I know myself, the God who knows my sins, my faults, my brokenness, loves me in spite of my sins and faults and brokenness. God loves me in spite of all the challenges in my life. But the problem I have, the problem or the difficulty, is it doesn't stop there. God loves me, but you know what? He loves all those difficult people too. Because God's love is not limited. There is enough of God's love to go around. Remember in that passage where John challenges us by saying, how can you love a God that you have not seen and hate a brother and sister that you do see? Those are, are challenging words. Out of the love of God, we are called to love neighbor. Even when we don't like our neighbor, God invites us to love others, to share the love of God with others. John writes, the commandment we have from him is this, those who love God must love their brother and sister also. This is an echo from what Jesus teaches in the gospel, that we are to love our neighbors as self. Notice that John didn't put qualifiers on this. He didn't put those you judge worthy or those that are nice back to you or those that you, you like and want to hang out with. He just says, how can you love a God that you do not see and hate a brother and sister that's there right in front of you? Very challenging words for all of us. As a pastor, I've encouraged people in difficult times to look in the mirror and remember how much God loves them. But I've also challenged folks to look around and see how much God loves those around them too. There are days when we need to stop and look at the people sitting around us and remember they are valued by God and God loves them even before, loved them even before they were born too. This is a simple reminder to all of us that Jesus came for forgiveness and to bring salvation to all. This is grace, not just for the perfect, but so that we all may be made perfect in love in this lifetime. Jesus commissioned us to go make disciples of, of all the world. And, and we go and we do that because Jesus told us to. But really, this is an overflow of love. 
God loves us, but God loves them too. God loves those who haven't known the grace of God. And we have good news to share. And if you don't have a story of good news in your life, I pray that, that you do have that testimony. You know that love in a powerful way so it can overflow and you can share with others because that love is extraordinary. It is transformational and it makes all the difference in our lives and it will make all the difference in this world. Because remember, when you face challenges and you will face challenges, God loves you. Remember when you fail and mess up, God loves you. But remember, God loves that person you're thinking about right now too. God loves them too. God loves everyone enough to send his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Even those we may not love, those who haven't accepted his love yet, God loves them very much. This is not just for a select few but he invites all to know his grace. It's a love that's not in limited supply like toilet paper in a pandemic. There's enough to go around for everyone. Because John 16, 3.16 is true. God so loved the world that he gave his son for all of us. There's not just enough for you, but there's enough for all. So we're not finished with this journey of extraordinary. God loves us, yes, but he invites us for more. He loves us enough to not leave us where we are, but to know him in a greater way and be agents in a greater way. And you're invited back next week as we explore God's transformational love that takes us from death to new life, from the end to the beginning. Amen. Let us pray. God, we thank you for that love that doesn't let us go, that calls us and challenges us and invites us to love others. And we're thankful that, that you do love us and that doesn't stop with us, but you call us to go and share with others how grateful we are to be children of a loving king. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Our closing hymn is hymn number 172. My Jesus, I love you. <coughs>
is calling you to a commitment in your life, whether that be baptism, professing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or uniting with First United Methodist in church membership, or if you have a prayer need, I would be glad to meet with you after the service. And now receive the benediction and blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen.